Hello and welcome to Season 1 of Career Inspiration by VentureFizz. On this episode, Keith Klein is joined by Sam Zales, Chief Operating Officer at CarGurus. They discuss the ups and downs of building a company in the dot-com bubble, the key roles that a startup should initially hire for, and CarGurus' humble, contagious culture of winning. Hello and welcome to Season 1 of the VentureFizz Career Inspiration Podcast. I'm Keith Klein, the founder of VentureFizz and the host for today's show. As you know, VentureFizz is Boston's most trusted source for tech and startup jobs, news, and insights. For the first season of our podcast, we've been speaking with some exceptionally talented HR and talent acquisition leaders from the Boston tech scene. But today, I am throwing a curveball at you. I'm really excited as today my guest is Sam Zales who is actually the chief operating officer at CarGurus. You may know of CarGurus as they're one of Boston's latest consumer success stories, which went public last year and as of today is valued at over $3 billion. Hello, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Keith. Great to talk to you and thanks for having me on the show. Sam is one of the top executives in the Boston tech scene, having scaled multiple companies to an exit. Uh, So I'm really excited to chat with them and have them on our show. And when it comes to scaling, an organization really needs to have a very strong talent pipeline in place. Uh, So that strategy is very critical to the company's long-term success. And it's all about the people, right? Thus, I'm really excited and interested to hear his thoughts and advice on recruiting, culture, scaling at hyper-growth levels, and more. So let's just dive in. Sam, tell us about your background. How did you get to where you are today? Thanks, Keith. And I'll just uh, mention uh, real quickly from a personal perspective, you said something really important. Talent is critical to business. I grew up in a family where my dad was an entrepreneur and ran a company and said to me, uh, the most important thing you do in business, no matter strategy, technology, operations, is people will make a difference for your company and create your success. And I've lived by that motto ever since. Uh, the quick story is I, I started my career out of college at Bain & Company in the here right here in the Boston area as a management consultant, an opportunity to learn business from a very broad perspective, see every functional area within a company, um, have the opportunity to analyze business results and think strategically about where a business should head to create value and success. And what a great training ground right out of college to learn uh, from senior consultants and sit with executives at businesses to try to help them grow their businesses. Uh, And then I had the opportunity after going to business school to work at American Express for 10 years in New York in various um, marketing and product management roles. And I think that was a foundation for my future success, which I'm happy to share uh, the ongoing story. Would you like me to take you through the rest of the career path? Yeah, just a quick run through, just to give a quick overview for uh, for the audience listening in. Terrific. Um, so after 10 years in, in uh, product and marketing roles at American Express, uh, my wife and I wanted to move back to the Boston area and raise a family here. It's a more hospitable area for us than uh, the New York City area. And, um, you know, frankly, a really funny story is that Langley Steiner, the CEO of CarGurus, is the guy who connected me into BuyerZone, which is an online marketplace for business purchasing um, that was venture funded by uh, a firm that he was spending some time in. And because we knew each other through uh, uh, business school connections, actually connected me into the company. I came in to run product and marketing and then had the chance to take over and run the company uh, back in the dot-com bubble days in late 1999. Um, grew that business as, as the CEO of that company and we sold it in 2007 to a division of Reed Elsevier. Um, I then went to... Um, 
act as president of a company called Zoom Information, uh, which was sold just uh, last year as well. It's a database marketing and SaaS platform for marketers and salespeople. Um, and you know, spent a number of years there running that business. Uh, then went on to run a company called Click Squared, which is a marketing software company, uh, SaaS business right here in the Boston waterfront for a number of years. And we sold that company in uh, 2014 to Zeta Global, which is a terrific um, uh, enterprise marketing, uh, social media software company in New York. And uh, it was 2014 that um, after selling the company and integrating it to the, U, uh, the New York business that uh, Langley called and said, hey, listen, we've known each other for a long time. You can either go take your next um, early stage company and run it, or you can really join me here where we're on to something um, and create something that will be a true unique story. We could be the next consumer internet company that um, has a chance to scale dramatically and maybe even go public um, and I'd love you to consider coming here. And with all the the venture advisors and people I know in the in the Boston market, the feedback was really straightforward to me as I look for counsel from others, which is where's the place where I could make the best difference from a career development perspective, but help the company grow. And this company compared to early stage businesses I was looking at really um, stood apart. And I can only say that the high expectations I had joining the company um, have been been exceeded and far exceeded uh, by the uh, work process, the people I work with here, the culture we've developed, and obviously the great success story we've had in going public in October of last year. Just in case if you know some people aren't familiar with CarGurus, what does the company do? We connect uh, buyers who are looking for great deals on a car purchase to great dealers who sell those cars uh, by using a, an incredibly efficient and uh, differentiated consumer experience. Consumers will see an algorithm that CarGurus has created as proprietary technology by studying every car that's out there in the marketplace selling at the time to get an, an idea of whether that deal for that car is a great deal, a good deal, or a fair deal. It gives them more transparency, the consumer more transparency and information on uh, the days on market, whether price drops have happened with that car, the vehicle's history, and every other detail about that car they're purchasing. And then we combine that with consumer ratings of those dealers and what the experience is working with those dealers and understanding their sales process and the experience of buying a car from that dealership. So it gives consumers more information than any uh, opportunity they have elsewhere online and it's led them to dealers and a very quick and efficient closed sales process for dealers to take those down funnel educated consumers and be able to win new customers. So it's a win-win on both sides of the marketplace where consumers have the most transparent experience and the dealers are getting a highly efficient customer acquisition process. Um, and our uh, 26 million visitors who come to the site uh, monthly are coming and moving quickly through that educated sales process to purchase vehicles. And we think we're helping the economy make that really successful. And uh, same time as we help both sides of the marketplace. And one of the interesting points that you brought up was uh, Langley helped you move from uh, New York back to Boston. So how did you guys know each other? Uh, it's a really interesting personal story. L my roommate at undergrad was uh, Langley's roommate at business school. So what ah. a connection story. 
I visited uh, going from my business school to Langley's uh, for social events and uh, entrepreneurial activities. And we got to know each other then very well. And we just stayed in touch. I think that's the typical arena of the Boston tech market is people who are making their way through their careers can make connections in a slightly smaller market than say San Francisco or New York. Mm -hmm. um, and those people who are trying to uh, innovate and engage in entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial activity, find their way to connecting to other great leaders and get mentorship or social networking to help each other grow their businesses or connect people within their networks to others. And that story just came, uh, you know, full circle with Langley connecting me into buyer zone and then calling me back again, a number of years later saying there might be an opportunity for us to work together. Wouldn't that be great? What a great story. That's so, so interesting to hear. Um, so you started your career in uh, strategy consulting, went on to get your MBA, and then you spent uh, almost 10 years at American Express. I would imagine that was also a pinnacle kind of foundation point for your career. So what did you learn over those 10 years of American Express scale? Well, Keith, it was a great 10 years at American Express. And I just say it leads to a really interesting question on career development. Lots of young people coming out of college or ready for the business world today say, should I go to a large company or a small company? I don't think there's a right answer. Uh, there, there's You can go either path and be successful. For me, at American Express at that time, it was foundational skill development at a large company where I learned two things. And I think these are critical for talent acquisition at any early stage company today. It's the power of having a combination, if you can learn the skill sets, and I'm still learning, um, of one, strategic skills, being able to see the big picture for business and guide a vision. And number two, operational and implementation skills, being passionate about living in the day-to-day -day and operating a business. So for me, that foundation really came through for a number of different jobs at American Express. Uh, for me, I also got the cross-functional skill set in discipline areas like direct marketing, which is critical today in any technology business. How do you acquire and retain customers using marketing channels and analytically being able to dissect which are most powerful to your uh, results set? Number two, product management, which is incredibly powerful experience to say, how do you um, think about customer needs and translate those into requirements that your engineering staff can go build. And that was great foundational work. And then obviously sales management, working with sales organizations and learning how to think about pipeline and prospect development and efficiently acquiring customers using inside and field sales organizations. But the most powerful um, impact of my years at American Express was without question the human resources development side of my career path where you were taught from a very early career uh, stage to think about the performance management process. How do you give team members you work with accountability to objectives and goals and measurements and look at their qualitative and quantitative performance and how you track them towards career development and, and um, organizational goals by mapping those goals together with performance, recruiting, training, development, retention of your staff. And I couldn't have learned more about people being the center of uh, career and, and company success than I did over those 10 years at American Express. And American Express just has such a great reputation and very data-driven, as you highlighted. It's They were early to measuring every aspect of their business. So You're absolutely um, right. Now, so then you went on to uh, join BuyerZone, which is a company that I admire in the Boston tech scene. 
there's such a great alumni group like David Cancel, who obviously is doing Drift now, and uh, Scott Healy that was instrumental in Care.com, Eric Horndahl, who's Renaviso. So there's a great alumni group, yet people don't always think of Byerzone as this like foundation company in Boston, yet it certainly was. Uh, you joined at the height of the internet bubble and had to charter that company through the dot-com collapse waters to ultimately lead to an acquisition. So can you talk about, you know, growing the company uh, and, you know, still continuing to hire, letting people go even during probably layoffs, I'm assuming? I, I can. And it was uh, an experience I'll never forget and foundational to, to to my future life in business. You talked about the people that were there. And I'll start by just saying, you know, you, you feel blessed of an experience to work with so many of those great and talented people who grew their careers um, inside the company. And that's what I would say to any entrepreneur today is in your business, your job is not just to grow a great company. You're growing the people within the company to propel them that the next job they take, they will be leaders in the industry as well. And I'm really proud to see so many of those people like David Cancel, Scott Healy, Eric Horndahl, even uh, Aaron Bailey, who's running the company today, um, that, that they've all pursued career development and taken that talent to other places uh, to build the next stage entrepreneurial successes in Boston. I would say the biggest learning is what you talked about, Keith, growing the business in a dot-com bubble and bust period. And we were not like unlike any one of the other um, early stage companies in the late 90s and the 2000 era when everything fell through the floor, where our investors were running out of money in the business and said, you got to find your way to get there. I'd say that the learnings were make a quick decision when you have to cut back staff to achieve profitability and give your business a runway to succeed long term. And the most important lesson in that process and straightforward, I learned it from my wife in the process was the reorganization was to cut back the team dramatically. And the thought process that I learned in talking it over with my wife was, um, how do you do that with respect? How do you create a process of downsizing where you treat each person respectfully? You can do it and say, put everybody in a conference room and speak to everybody as a general pool or you could meet one-on-one -on -one. that might be more time consuming, that might be more challenging and more emotional, but it is treat e treating each person as though they're critically important to the business. And even if you had to make this decision objectively to save your future as a company, you want them with the best opportunity to come back to the company at some point in the future or have a career path that you can help them with some other way. So it was incredibly uh, emotional, but an incredible learning experience in working with our investors and management team to get through that. But I think the also the the, the great learning in that early stage was how do you see your well your your way through that um, bust period by finding your competitive advantage? And we found it by honing search engine marketing and SEO results, much like this online marketplace I'm here today is. Um, we focus on. Um, customer acquisition efficiency, how do you create a sales value proposition that makes sense to your customers on the other side of the marketplace? And most importantly, how do you think about the economics of your business to make money long-term and create a future for all the employees? So it was an incredible learning experience and one I won't forget and seminal to my uh, my future development. And I think you apply a lot of those learnings from, from an early online marketplace and say, CarGurus is another one, but there are millions of online marketplaces out there making their way with the same kind of models that we developed at BuyerZone. 
Very true. Very true. Well, let's fast forward to today or when you started at Car Gurus. Um, what was your role initially? And then obviously you've progressed within the organization to the COO role. But if you could talk about you know, the point you joined the company and how that has scaled and the challenges that you've had to overcome as it relates to building the team across the organization. Yeah, terrific question. So uh, when Langley brought me in, he, he said, I've got two, whether your title is whatever it was at the time, I managed the sales and service business and also the international operation. He said, I need you to do two things. And this is a good um, you know, lesson learned on does the title have to be perfect? How important is title to people? You want people to just go in and say, I've got a job to do. Let me go attack this. And if your manager is great, like Langley, is it laying out a course for you to go create that vision and, and results orientation, people will be successful, less, less focused on the title. He said, I need you to do two things, scale the U.S. operation and create revenue growth for the business and then replicate our success in the U.S. internationally. And so uh, the role was um, scaling up our inside sales and service operation, figuring out how to partner with our product and engineering teams have built this amazing product um, on the consumer side and dealer side. How do you create economic growth for your business by profitably scaling and then replicating to international markets by going out and listening to customers? You got to go out and tour as we did the UK and Canada and Germany uh, to ask what those customers are looking for and do user testing to figure out what will work. You can't just be the American company that throws the same solution into every market. So an incredible learning experience over the last couple of years. And I've been lucky enough to add, you know, uh, the marketing and business development functions to, to grow. But I think to your question faced with to scale the business and the talent pool at the company, it starts with a number of things. Number one, um, it's, um, you know, building out an internal inside recruiting team. And we've done that phenomenally here with our people and talent team led by Kristen Kenny, who did the same at HubSpot. We're not afraid to say, uh, let's let's copy or replicate other success stories here in the marketplace. Um, we've obviously worked with external partners like VentureFizz. It's been a great source of recruiting for us to find talent in the market. And obviously, Boston is a market where you're you're flooded with incredible talent in each area of the business, engineering, finance, sales, service, marketing. And as our story got told, we had to be thoughtful about being careful how public we got about our success, but letting our community know each person could, could contribute to that success and that we honed our process of interviewing and recruiting to make sure we match the right talent pool with the right job. And again, back to the lessons at BuyerZone so that people grew their careers and continue to grow their careers. So they'll be great for our company long-term. And someday we'll say, I'm going to go create the next startups in Boston to create more success for our economy and our environment. How do you keep doing that at the scale? Car Gurus went through or is still going through these hyper growth stages. And uh, whether it was building out the sales team or operations, marketing, whatever function, how do you continue to keep that scale of growth and the bar for talent at such a high level where it's continuing to impact the growth of the company? You know, I think success begets success. And I think once you've um, established a culture of winning, which I think is really important, it's one of the things I talk to when every new hire comes in and has their their training session is be passionate about winning. And I think that becomes contagious. And that doesn't mean get cocky or oversaturated in your own success. Be very humble about it, but let your colleagues around you know about your success and 
um, share those winning strategies and um, and uh, activities with people around you. And I, I think once our reputation for success got out there, it's it's easier to help find that talent. But I think the process of finding the right people for the company assessment process that works and is replicable is critical. And that's why we rely so much on the incredible people and talent team, but also hiring managers here who have to take that job as seriously as they can. As you grow to this size, managers have to think that a huge percentage of my time is people management, people development. And there's nothing more important that I say a manager does in business than focus on the people they're working with day to day. So our process for interviewing, for assessing talent and and looking at the kinds of people who bring both a resume and an athleticism to be able to be successful, outlining roles and responsibilities very clearly. Back to my points at uh, the early stage of my career, having objective measurements for what we want to uh, hold those people accountable to, and the performance management process of being transparent. What makes your background unique, and another reason why I was so excited to talk to you, is not only have you been successful in executive leadership roles, building companies yourself, but you've also been on the board of directors at several startups, uh, some in the Boston area, like Loku, that was acquired by GoDaddy, Performable, which was David Cancel's startup that was acquired by HubSpot, and Valuable. Um, so obviously you must spend a lot of your uh, you know time outside of car gurus advising founders. Um, what advice do you generally give them as they're just starting to build their company and making that maybe first 10 hires and then thinking about growth after that? Uh, thanks for saying it. I, I think I learned more from those great founders and entrepreneurs than they learned from me, but we've had a great uh, you know, I've had a great opportunity to serve on boards with uh, great success of the follow this great success of those companies. Um, I, I think what's really important is to think about the first set of roles hired into the company. And David Cancel can talk about this all day long. W what are the key roles you want to create? I, I never think gee, in the dot com bubble it was uh, how how big is your company? People would say I have a hundred people. And that's never a measure of success. It's how successful those people are you're bringing in. So start with the core positions that you really need. For me, it's always be thoughtful about the job description, the roles and responsibilities of those specific first hires that are critical to the business. I tell you that in each company, startup company that I managed and ran, an analyst was one of the most important people we hired. Having a business analyst to help you ensure you're measuring before investing more as you go down the path. And while everybody has to do the analytical work, always having somebody to sit by your side to help you ensure as a leader you're thinking about the results of the business is critical. Um, I think the mistakes that that some founders have made are um, getting caught up in a resume or a pedigree, which to me has never made a big difference. I don't care where somebody comes from. You know, we always laugh because I went to Dartmouth College up in New Hampshire and uh, uh, my fraternity brother's wife went to UNH. She's 10 times smarter than we are. It doesn't matter where you went to school. It's what work you did, what results you produced. And I'd encourage any person who has a resume to make sure they talk about the results they produced and the work that they did to create the success at one company because it'll lead to your success in the next company. So 
job description, roles, and responsibilities. Does the person do strategy and operations well? That's such a powerful combination if they understand the big picture and think analytically, but also are very good at implementing and operating. Will this person help the culture of the company advance? And you better know the culture you want to create as an entrepreneur to ensure those next people coming on board will live with that culture and also enhance it going forward. And finally, will you be able to help that person build their career development map? Because remember that um, career development is a two-way street. It's a manager talking to an employee about their performance. And it's also listening to what that manager is doing well or poorly to guide that person's career path. And I think we've done that really well here at at CarGurus to balance the two-way street and help people grow and help make us better managers as we go forward. You brought up a, a great point that I also believe that uh, sometimes people get too caught up on skills on a resume. We're hiring somebody to do X, therefore this person must have done X before. But if you're a first-time founder, it might be a little uneasy for them to pull the trigger on hiring someone that doesn't have the exact skill set of what they're looking for. So what would you advise them to do as far as uh, evaluating that person's athleticism to do the job function at hand versus knowing that they've done it before? Great question, Keith. Um, the The resume is critically important, and I don't I don't mean to say don't look at it. I do think what's critical on the resume is to dig in and understand what were the challenges that person faced. How did they um, implement and influence against those challenges to overcome and exceed expectations? And part of that is understanding their intellectual curiosity. So, um, you know, what what were the ways they thought through uh, the results? We learned at American Express twenty years ago. It's competence competency based interviewing. Says, you know, is the person saying we did a lot of things or I did X, Y, and Z? And again, it's not. Uh, being cocky about a person's success. It's listening to them with humility saying, I had to do X, Y, and Z and overcome those challenges. Um, I think um, digging into multivaried skill sets is really important. A person certainly in the early stage of business, when you hire somebody, you want to know that they can think about marketing, sales, finance, uh, you know, human resources that you have to dig in that you do want to take, you don't want to take a chance with somebody who hasn't had some experience in each of those areas. And then finally, as I said, you got to get underneath the passion and athleticism of, it may not be, they have a ton of experience in business. Maybe it's some experience in nonprofit work outside of their day-to-day -day work life and experience. Maybe it's some sports and athletic experience they've had. Maybe it's leading a uh, an organization they were a part of, understanding the skill set that's transferable and being able to say that passion and that activity that they did in those experiences that may not be translatable directly to you've had 10 years of direct marketing experience can be applicable to the role if those other skill sets of thought leadership and strategic skill and analytics are there. At what point do you think it's smart for a startup to bring in recruiting in-house? Like at what point you know, obviously, it's all about the people, therefore, talent reigns. Uh, yet, I've seen some companies, um, you know, re recruiting almost becomes an afterthought, and they're not, you know, taking it as serious as one would think. So what point should a company bring in recruiting? So I'd start by saying um, 
that every company I went to at an early stage, I brought on a, a leader of human resources. I think, as I said, starting from my dad's foundation, if people are the most important uh, aspect of success in business, um, get somebody to come in and lead your people and talent function right off the bat. They may not have to be a senior person, but somebody who lives that function every day because you're not going to create a great culture, a great operating environment, or great performance management process without that person. Mm -hmm. That person, if you're in an early stage of the business, has to be responsible not just for PMP, performance management process, but the recruiting function as well. So while people have to wear many hats in an early stage, and I would hire mid-management first before senior when you're starting a business, um, I would hire HR and have that person focus on recruiting to get started. Um, I think um, it, it will be clear once in certain situations you will need external recruiters to help you build a sourcing strategy. You might need a couple of senior people that you need to go to um, a recruiting firm to go get as well. It's the time that you realize I'm not keeping up with the recruiting function. Let's dedicate people to it. We're, we're blessed, as I said, to have people in the early stage when we were uh, 40 or so people here at the company, we really needed that inside recruiting team to ramp up because we were growing so rapidly. And that maniacal focus on recruiting breeds success because they will find the right talent. They will build the quantity that you need and they'll build the quality. Um, and so I'd say it's, it's not a rule, but I'd say start with the HR leader who owns that as part of their function. When they get overwhelmed because there's too much to do to run the human resource function, you got to go hire the, the recruiting leader of the business. Sometimes that's 10 people in. Sometimes you wait till you're 100 people in, but you'll know when that happens as long as the um, human resource person is focused on that as a key driver of success. You also mentioned the uh, the culture at CarGuru as being one that you know you have your defined core values, plus it's a culture of, of winning. So that obviously probably breeds winning for others that join the company. At what point should a company be thinking about outlining and defining their own core values? That's a really thoughtful question, Keith. Um, we uh, we have announced our company vision and values. It's actually rolling out in two days. The first time we formalized that. So, um, you know, the company's been around for quite a while, but really in its stage of, of evolution, probably four years the way we've been running uh, as the business uh, model exists today. So I, I don't know if that's a little later than expected, but what I would say is the leader at the company in an entrepreneurial environment has to create an informal set of values right from the start. If if that leader's um, key elements of how they work, of how they want the company to work, of the um, black and white standards of what are non-negotiable right ways to run a business and wrong ways to act in the business are not clear, I think that company's going to have a lot of trouble getting to success and scaling in any way. So it's okay in the early stage of a business to have informal and not have to create a poster that stands in the front of the conference room that everybody knows or can recite the company's values. It is important though, once you get to the scale where we are north of 500 people, that we really, and we, we did a couple of things. We listened to our employees in our employee survey. The feedback was, we'd like a little more detail on where the company is going from a vision perspective, what's critically important to our future success. And so we put our, our people and, and talent team together to really attack this by listening and saying, let's get a cross-functional team within the company to formalize and establish those values. And we're now rolling that out and making it a formal part of our process. I'd say the great thing is, 
it has evolved from what we always talked about informally um, in training programs or as people get started or what we talk about in the hallways or as we make decisions on business investments or the way we treat people. Those elements were all part of it informally and now are just being formalized, but continue on that theory around our six values for the business. That's fantastic. And, you know, congratulations on the success with CarGuru is obviously a very important anchor company to the Boston tech scene. And, you know, just me being one of the cheerleaders of the Boston tech scene, I love to say that, you know, another uh, consumer publicly traded, you know, tech company in Boston, that's just a, a huge win. Uh, well, thanks so much, Sam, for sharing all your words of wisdom here. This was phenomenal. Uh, I always like to turn the mic back to you to uh, if there's anything you want to promote or anything that you kind of want to share with uh, our listeners, the, the mic is yours. Thanks, Keith. Well, first of all, thanks to you and all you've done for the Boston entrepreneurial market. I've known you for a long time and your work to compel more growth in our market and help entrepreneurs think about uh, how to continue building best practices has been tremendous. So it's your help that's done that. And, and as I said, we're using VentureFizz to recruit here and it's been really successful for us. Second is thanks for the kudos to the Car Gurus team. It's not at all about me. It's about our, our, our executive team. It's about our broad team of gurus here that has created that success. And it's also a market being willing to uh, be disrupted by great new approaches uh, to consumer purchases of, of automobiles and dealers being thoughtful about transparency. And we have a long way to go to keep growing our business and creating continued Boston success. And my last comment would just be, um, we're hiring folks. So for anybody who's listening, this is an unbelievable place to work. I said it at the beginning. Um, this company has exceeded my very high expectations for a guy who's been around 30 plus years working and in the Boston tech market and having been lucky to be part of successes before this. The company just continues to create more and more success. And I hope that creates uh, more uh, new job opportunities for people in the Boston market. Come talk to our recruiting team. We're excited to hire the next a uh, group of talented uh, staff members to help us reach the next pinnacle for car gurus and uh, the Boston consumer tech scene. So thanks again, Keith. Oh, thank you, Sam. I, I appreciate your time once again. And you can, of course, check out Car Guru's job openings on their website or their VentureFizz biz page. If you found this podcast interesting, please make sure you subscribe so you'll get all future episodes. And also, please consider leaving us a five-star review and share with your friends and colleagues in the industry. It all helps. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. That's our show. Thank you for listening. To propel your career forward, go to VentureFizz.com, where you can visit our biz pages for a virtual tour of Boston's fastest-growing companies, check out our job board for listings of over 2,000 positions, and read about the latest in Boston's tech scene. Last but not least, please remember to subscribe to Career Inspiration by VentureFizz on iTunes, your podcast player of choice. And if you like it, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Have a great week, and no matter what, keep moving forward.